0: tip told com, the podcast about pop culture, black history and spirituality. Yeah it's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip Gonna take it away. Ti' told you. Hey, y'all. Hey, it's your girl, Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell 'Em Tip Told You, the podcast where I share all my musings with you about Black culture, Black history, and Black spirituality. Um, I, I, listen. Okay, so this is going to be a bit of a spoiler episode. If you have not already seen Disney's Encanto and you plan on watching it, you might want to skip this episode until after you watch it. Um, if you have watched it, Let's just jump right in. So, listen, I love it. I love it. Now, you know, my favorite uh, Disney animated film prior to this has been Coco, Disney Pixar, right? Because I want to say now, in case you have not seen Coco and you're interested in ancestral reverence or you practice ancestral reverence, Coco is a phenomenal film to go watch. Um, it is probably the film I would most recommend to someone who has questions about Ancestral Reverence. It's powerfully done. All right. So that, however, Encanto is running a very close second (laughs) to how I feel about Coco. Listen, guys, Uh, listen, y'all, I'm sorry. That was so problematic. Okay, so listen, y'all, um, that film, maybe it's because I'm where I am in my life right now. But speaking to other Black women, that film is set in Colombia, um, and it has uh, representations of various shades of Latinx and um, Afro Colombians are represented in a beautiful way. It, it it just visually, it's not as visually powerful as Coco was to me, but it's still well done visually. Um, And the storyline as a black woman, I feel like that was written for us. All right. So let's just jump right in. If you are again, if you're planning on watching uh, Encanto, you might want to watch it first before you listen to the rest of this. But if you watched Encanto, baby, I got some things for us to think about. The first supposition I would like to make to you. Is that Mirabelle had a gift all along. Mirabelle's gift was the house. That's why her door was absorbed into the wall. Because she didn't need just one room. Her gift was the entire house. She had the magic of caring for the house. House also meaning family, right? The Ile. She's taking care of it all. Um, Throughout the film, we see the house support other family members, like in their movements and taking them where. But she was the only one that really interacted with the house and requesting the things that she wanted and needed. I thought that was a a powerful hint. Um, It was clear from the beginning, especially in her relationships with her cousin, the young cousin who was getting his gift, um, that she was a secondary backbone to the family right? She's out in the community singing the the praises of her family. She's wanting to do as much as she can to support the family um, celebration. She is willing to do dangerous things to protect the magic of the family. Even when she doesn't think she has any of that magic, she's willing to do what it takes to protect the magic of the family. And so Mirabelle had her gift all along. All along was she owner and keeper of the house. So, you know, sometimes when we think about how our gifts work, oh, let me say it like this. There are many of us moving through this world who do not recognize that we are gifted. It's a bunch of us mirror bells out there singing the praises of people we think are more gifted than we are. When it may be our gift, not maybe, when it is our gift that should be celebrated. Right? Minabelle's attention was outward focused. She was paying attention to everybody's thing around her. She's singing the songs And accolades of everybody around her. And it's not until the very end of the film, when she's given her doorknob, that she is able to see herself. Remember that? They asked her, what do you see? She says, I see me. She finally recognized that she was already gifted. Right? There are, it is easy for some of us to think that other people are better positioned To receive praise, it's really much easier to believe that other people are better positioned to receive praise than we are. Um, It is very tempting to believe that you don't have what they have. Or you don't have access to the things that they have access to. Mirabelle, by virtue of her being born into that family, had access to the magic of the candle, just like everybody else. She just didn't recognize it. And some of us are where we are because we simply haven't taken the time to recognize our gifts. Now, here's the problem of the people around Mirabelle. They don't readily recognize her gifts either. Some of us are in that position and we may not be recognizing other people's gifts because they don't look like ours. They don't look like ours. There is this um, guy, Howard Gardner, he gives us multiple intelligences theory and it's been disputed since then. But I think Gardner uh, made a very powerful point and I don't care how many scholars write against the point, I do agree with him. Um, And let me give you the backstory of how he came up with the theory of multiple intelligences. So Gardner's daughter was not doing well in school. Right. And he, as all parents do, I won't say all parents, most parents should um, recognize the potential and the expertise inherent in their children. And so he's like, okay, wait a minute. She might not be good at the things you're measuring in school, but she is great when it comes to X, Y, Z. And this is where we get the theory of multiple intelligences from, basically, that many of us are intelligent in ways that aren't readily celebrated and or recognized by the U.S. school system. So, for example, one of the intelligences that um, Gardner gave us was intrapersonal intelligence. And it's the idea of there are people who are just really good processing themselves, processing their ideas, processing, you know, they're just always in touch with the deepest parts of themselves. That's intrapersonal. There are people who have interpersonal intelligence. Like this is my father. You can drop him in a room. And by the time he leaves the room, everybody in there feels like his new best friend. (laughs) Right? My father is just good with people. There are people who have um, linguistic intelligence. The things they do with language are just profound. That's linguistic intelligence. Uh, if you don't know what that is, y'all Google any Papoose freestyle. <laughs> I swear to <that> man. <laughs> anyway, Um There is naturalistic intelligence. These are people who are naturally good with plants and animals and things like that, uh, with the natural world. Um, And so it's the idea that we can be intelligent in all these different ways and our intelligence does not have to look like anyone else's. And it doesn't have to be measured on the same scale as anyone else's. So I think Mirabelle not only didn't see her own gifts and talents, I think the people around her, because they were looking for magic to manifest a certain kind of way, did not see her gift. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, You know, magic isn't always magical. Magic isn't always magical, meaning Mirabelle's ability. For example, when she's under the bed with her cousin, she's not using quote unquote magic to appeal to him. At least it doesn't look that way to the viewer of the film because she's not doing anything supernatural. But what she is doing is connecting with another human on a level that gives comfort peace and support to the other human. That is magical. But we may not recognize it as such because it doesn't have all the bells and whistles and the glowing glitter of the doors. You understand what I'm saying? The viewer, I missed Mirabelle's gift until the end because I'm looking for it to manifest the same way that these other people's gifts manifested. And some of us are missing out on our own gift because we're wanting it to look like everybody else's. And I'm here to gently remind you that it may not. That does not mean that you don't have a gift. It simply means it's a different one. Now, I also wanted to talk about Louisa. First of all, big ups to Disney for representing womanhood in that way. Because Disney is usually not good at that. <laughs> right? We usually don't see... um, OK, I'm, I'm using this as a descriptor. I understand it's a loaded term and it's problematic, but we usually don't get to see Disney women as non-feminine unless they are villains or old women. OK, but we get to see Louisa with all of these muscles being the sh- physically strongest person in the film. How beautiful is that? Like, it's a beautiful representation. And I big up the writers because they allow us to see that your gift may be a burden if you think you are your gift. All right. Can you, can you hear that again? Let me, can I say it again? <laughs> Sometimes your gift will feel like a burden if you don't recognize that you are not your gift. What did Louisa's song say? Like pressure. She felt all this pressure to perform. Yes, it's my natural gift. It's my natural talent. It should feel natural. But because I feel beholden to so many people who are asking so many things of me, and I don't have the boundaries to say no and to rest. My gift becomes my curse. (laughs) Black woman. Do you hear that? Listen, I think any of us, and I know there are a lot of us out here, any black child who grew up getting good grades has felt the pressure of always being perfect. Right? Because so many people start telling you that you're smart, that you You don't want to have an off day because if you have an off day, who are you? Because if you're not perfect, you don't know who you've been because you've been performing perfectionism. And we are dying under the weight of that. The weight of always being the overachiever, the weight of staying up for three days straight to finish this writing deadline, to beat the writing deadline, or the pressure of staying up late to launch this new product or service because I have to excel last quarter's um, income goals. Whatever it is, we put this undue amount of stress on ourselves simply because we haven't practiced using our boundaries. See, if Louisa is raised to be the strength, she can't imagine not being strong. Some of us were raised to be the caretaker, the cook, the writer, the singer, and we have not paused to say, I'm not that gift. That is my gift. I appreciate my gift, and I will employ my gift when it serves me and my needs. Like, I think we forget that part. And, um, I, 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 I'm about to nerd out on y'all for a quick minute. I'm sorry. There's something called Black cultural ethos. Um, And it's the idea that black people operate with this similarity of uh, centering that happens in black culture. Black cultural ethos has as one of its components, which is the one we celebrate all the time, is this communalism, right? We value the fact that we're part of a community, of a part of a unity, a part of a unit. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, So, for example, and we enjoy that. So when we go off to school, right, we want to join a the divine nine or we want to be in the band or we want to cheer or we want to play some sport or we just want to click up with other kids uh, who are like us. Part of that is our cultural uh, desire to be connected to a unit, right? And often because of our experiences in the diaspora, that gets privileged as a point of our strength. And I do believe it's a point of our strength, but listen to what accompanies it. Also embedded with black in within black cultural ethos, in addition to this communalism, is something called expressive individualism. And that's the part that I don't think we do well right now. All right. Because of what we've experienced, we've been pushed into this. We have to be unified. We have to be unified. I agree with that. But how we understand unity, I think, is being distorted. Because the the indigenous form of black cultural ethos says that the unit is not made whole if the person cannot express themselves individually. All right. My unity is threatened if I feel like I always have to hold the group as a priority over myself. Do you hear what I'm saying? Louisa's pressure came from, I want to always do what's right for the family, for the group, for the community. But I forget that if I'm not well, if that pressure makes me crack, then I'm not even able to do the thing that I'm identifying with. And some of us are here. Oh, that's why we need Louisa's song in the rotation, baby. Right. Some of us are here. Some of us need to remember that if we're not taking care of the self, the self cannot be a viable contributing member of the unit. And therefore, the unit suffers. See, if I really want to to support the community, I have to support me as an essential piece of the community. Okay. so that was the thing with Louisa also wanted to talk about Bruno. Now, I got this idea from Gullah Grits on TikTok. All right. So, Gullah Grits TV, I think, on TikTok. Um, I didn't think about it this way, y'all. He said Bruno was a brujo. And I was like, yes, I see that. So, um, everyone else's gift, right, seemingly, even Mirabel's, right, does not require accoutrement. <laughs> um, the sister is creating flowers out of thin air. Luisa is just the muscles, right? I, it's me. I don't need accoutrement. Abuela, she didn't need like to, to do anything. But Bruno, and they don't talk about Bruno, is able to use the elements to do the work that he does. And there are some of us And we don't talk about us a whole lot. Well, unfortunately, now it's kind of popular in pop culture. So you got people pretending to be Bruno's, (laughs) right? But they don't really understand our connection to the natural world and how the natural world is given to us. Uh, Even if you go to Genesis, and I'm not, y'all know I'm Christian plus, so I'm not saying you got to go to get Genesis. But I'm saying even in Genesis, God supposed, in the word dominion, it, yeah, I, I don't think it means what white folk tend to think it means in this case. But if we've been given dominion over the earth for the use of our needs to meet our needs, uh we need to be working some elements like Bruno. And we need to learn from Bruno's story that is going to be scary for some people. And we might not talk about it. All right. Because see uh, let, let me just, this is this is a side note. It's a whole lot of people on social media right now uh, sh- pretending or performing spirituality. They showing all their candles. They telling you to wash your hands with salt, which is foolishness anyway. If you're trying to draw money to you, that don't even make sense. Um, they're showing all these things. Well, first of all, if they're showing all that stuff, always be suspicious. Because. Built into these traditions is the idea. You don't teach everything you know. And number three, if you know any real deal, holy field, ATR practitioner who do practice and who do is an ATR. Fight me later. Um, They're not showing you that stuff because nobody talks about Bruno, baby. That's OK. I just wanted to slip that in. The miracles we're often looking for, and I think this is Mirabelle's uh, story. The miracles we're often looking for in our own lives are right in front of us. The opportunities, the heartbreaks, the disappointments are setting us up to overcome. Now, here's what I, another thing I got from Gullah Grits TV. It takes sacrifice. All right. So in diasporic African spiritual traditions, which I do count hoodoo as part of and Southern black Christianity as part of. OK, because let's be real. Uh, old school black Christianity is Hoodoo. fight me on that, too. Here's the thing. In all of those systems, you must sacrifice to receive. What happened at the river in the movie? Wasn't that a sacrifice in the river? In the river, y'all. That means something to somebody listening. Abuelo is sacrificed in the river. How do we know Mirabel is ready to receive her gift? Ain't there a little blood sacrifice when she cut her hand? Okay, I'm getting too deep for some of y'all, so I'm going to hold it. I want you all to go in and have that. I want to say something here. As much as I love Coco, as much as I now love Encanto, I have a problem, Disney, Disney Pixar. I have an issue. When we going to get an African tale? When we going to get the Nigerian princess? When we going to get a Swaziland suitor? Can we have a castle in Côte d'Ivoire? I mean, can we... I, I, can, can I see that? I, I haven't seen that. And even when we got Tiana, she was a frog for most of the movie. Like, I can't let that go. I know we've all heard that critique. We, hopefully, we're all still levying that critique. Disney has demonstrated with Coco and now with Encanto that it can take other cultures and celebrate them just like they have with whiteness why can't i see it with a brown face now they did good with the uh, afro-colombian representation in this film that means i know you can do it so you so don't give us another soul listen y'all soul was good i liked Soul. But he wasn't a black man for most of that film. Just like Tiana wasn't a black woman for most of her film. Can I get representation? Disney, what's the whole, What's the problem? And. And. Speaking of gifts. Uh, Can't. Is somebody out there that can draw? That has worked for animation houses before? Who's got an idea? Can we get it please? Because Disney has already shown that they're not interested. Because. Coco and Encanto proved to me that you can do this. I, I I'm just saying. Can I can I get that please? I don't want us to be a nameless faceless blob like in Soul, and I don't want us to be an amphibian like in Tiana and what is The Princess and the Frog? Can I can I please? And Princess and the Frog is based off of anyway. You know what I mean? That's not even a, a black story. Can I get some real bruh rap? Can I get a Nancy? Can I get some? Please? Please. Or can we create it ourselves? Alright? So I just had to put that there. I wanted to talk about something else before I let you go. Um, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. Because I think it's this is a personal thing. But I want to share. Because y'all know I'm transparent like that. <laughs> um, I've been binge watching Van Life. On YouTube now, I'm I'm peculiar, I'm particular. Y'all know I always put in the search bar "black woman van life" or "black family van life" or something like that because I want to see the black folk. Y'all, I am looking at this as a real possibility for my life. Now that's funny to people who know me personally because I'm not a minimalist. I have a lot of stuff. I have a, y'all. I have so much stuff, books. Clothes. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff. I was going to start making excuses for myself. That's my business. I'm okay with it. You got to be okay with it too. (laughs) Just got a lot of stuff. Um, But I've been looking at this van life, not necessarily to replace um, residential living, but to promote some movement and some flexibility. So what would it look like then to downsize? into something small and uh, be more strategic about how I use my, I do have a storage unit, how I use my storage space um, and and do some van living or at least have access to a van where I can do that kind of living um, when needed. Like when I'm doing writing projects or just wanting to travel and try to stay in different places and exploring Black history geographically in this country and Here's what, what, what hit me yesterday. I never knew that that would be interesting to me because I had never seen it as a model. Y'all, we are sometimes so busy trying to push our kids into STEM, which is problematic. Okay. I just want to say that into STEM, into etiquette classes, into this, into that. And I don't know that we're working well enough to expose them to alternative systems of living. Like one of my biggest struggles right now um, is figuring out how to leave the direct deposit mentality behind. What does it look like to step into entrepreneurship or freelancing work, which is entrepreneurship, another kind of way, um, full-time? Well, it's hard for me because I've not really – my father has always had businesses. He had a shoe store, Uh, any MLM that interests him he's into. He's now into crypto investing and all that kind of stuff. But even when he was doing these things, even when he had the shoe store – my father always had the direct deposit job. And that generation, my father is about to be 80. That generation um, really um, instilled in a lot of us that you need to be employed mentality. And for many of us who have those entrepreneurial strivings, even though we've been gifted like Mirabelle, These gifts that we may not recognize yet that are um, that could be commodified, um, not exploited, exploited as a commodity, but we could make money from them. Even though we may have these things, there are many of us who are afraid of moving into that space simply because we haven't been exposed to what it looks like up close and personal. Like, and I think that's the appeal of so many of these social media coaches right now. You know, you on Instagram, you're going to see 15 people telling you how to build a personal brand, How to, more than 15. You y'all know what I mean? How to build a personal brand, how to market yourself, this business course, this business course, how to set up this, how to do that. We see that, but they're still removed from us. But that's why we're so willing to invest in these things, because we want to be up close and see how it works. We want to be assured that it's, quote unquote, possible. Now, if we're like that, the question becomes, what are we doing to ensure our children and their children don't grow up with that direct deposit mentality? I'm just going to leave that there. That's just a reflection I had after watching Van Life, because I mean, I'm I'm, I'm telling you, I've been binging it for like three days now. And I'm like, I really want to do this. Yesterday, I started looking at where do you even buy these vans? It doesn't it make more sense to buy one and, and build it out based on what I want or to buy one that's used and kind of fill it out. Like, I, yeah, I'm I'm looking, y'all. But it's amazing to me because I didn't even know. Three day, four days ago, I didn't even know that this was a possibility for my life. And here it is, it's drawing to me like that. What, what I'm just saying, let's work on exposing. Let's work on recognizing gifts and talents that don't work look like ours. Let's work on seeing ourselves as a miracle. Uh yeah. So I just I just wanted to spend some time on that. I know I didn't cover any news this week. I got some news to cover with all this school stuff, but I just, y'all, I needed, okay, here's Louisa. I needed a break because that pressure on me right now, I do want to issue that challenge. Figure out how you're going to supplement young people's education because we need all hands on deck, all right? Uh, You have a beautiful rest of your day. Tell them to told you.